Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we'd like to introduce you to a great fantasy audio drama called Circe. The show is similar to Lord of the Rings, except that it focuses on an awesome gay sorceress on the planet of Elbion. Thyra is recording stories of her past to help regain her magical abilities. We learn of her life and how she came to be a member of the Circe. If you're a fan of gay stories and characters, Lord of the Rings and Xena the Warrior Princess, you'll love this show. Check out Circe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Maltopia Podcast. For our oldest and most loyal listeners out there, we wanted to let you know about our new Patreon page. Outside of our careers and time spent with family, the three of us here at Maltopia have been working every night and weekend for the past five years, building our company into what it is today. With your help, our goal is to make Maltopia our livelihood allowing us to bring you higher quality content, exciting new podcast series and published works, and a large central community for you to take part in. As a thank you for your support, we're offering exclusive perks and bonus content, like early access to podcast episodes, behind-the-scene creator videos, and more. Go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia today and explore our membership levels, and be sure to scroll through for free public content some of which gives you a sneak peek at what you can expect when you become a member. From Mark, Steve, and Walker, thanks again for enjoying our podcast, and we hope to meet you soon on Patreon.
The passengers and wanderers only hours earlier were poised at each other's throats. Now prowled the back alley shadows as a united force, seeking the death of a common enemy. They minded well the words of the stranger on the phone, who had instructed them on the perils of what he termed the Carnivian, extragalactic predators that lived only to devour. The stranger set them to the task of destroying a very particular iteration of this foul order, the Wara. These were the raw, unmediated monsters of the species, things that needed to consume sentient beings to afford themselves anything beyond an animal's intellect. The voice that refused to identify itself claimed such creatures were likely the first wave of the invasion, sent to raise an entirely new and deadlier caliber of monster where they slumbered and digested and metamorphosed upon the killing field. Keith insisted they stop by the home of a woman who lived in quiet isolation since her relatively recent arrival. As the conjoined groups made their way into the lonelier lanes of the city, where William assured them there lived only an old hermit who never showed up to meetings, who was never home when his men came calling to remedy the fact, they heard the occasional sounds of resistance and devouring. Despite these interruptions, Deadwitch lived up to its reputation as a ghost town, where silence lay as thick as the dust that covered it like a death shroud. The house Keith indicated seemed derelict, and William only doubled down on his previous assertion. There ain't no woman who lives here. This is the old hermit's place, I'm telling you. She probably lied about where she lived so she wouldn't have to listen to your yammer anymore. Keith knocked upon the door, limiting the sound to the inside of the dwelling. Well then, he must be subletting. For the last time I visited, not only was she here, but so too was that wonderful Aunt Birdie. Huh, that old bag. Shouldn't have surprised me when I found her all cozied up with a resty over there at the other fossil's place, Limpinil. You're quite the ageist, aren't you, William? Or is your animosity towards our little wizened Aunt Birdie more the product of fear? From what I glimpsed, it seemed she just might have had your measure at some point. Which would, of course, explain why she was tolerated to skip your little clubhouse meetings, yes? William ignored the question and craned his neck to look through the porch window. Nobody owned Goldilocks. Maybe she ran off with a milkman. Or, more likely, she came down with a bad case of getting eaten. The wanderer chuckled. Mars sidled up to William, joining him at the window, speaking out the side of his mouth. You're a real riot, ain't you, asshole? Too bad you and your guys don't hit as hard as your jokes. Cracking his knuckles, William turned to face the warbringer. Is that so? Maz, you looking to find out just how hot I can hit? Safe money's on a fuck ton hotter than you. I'll take whatever the odds to see that for myself, Keith smiled, putting a hand on Mars's shoulder. Boss man, Artie called, his voice cold as winter. We've got too many people to find to bother with this fool. No one's here. So let's move on to the old man's place. We just left Hothead lying in the street, 
and we still have no idea where the rest of our people are. William took time for one more sneer at the Warbringer before stalking off the porch. Mars offered Keith a quick grin. Touchy, isn't he? Lynn stood farthest away from the group, silently overseeing things, her senses pulling from countless sources. It wasn't long before she detected the things she'd only glimpsed back at the bed and breakfast. The leader of the passengers had supped on the senses of countless creatures, but nothing like the thing in the woods. With every other creature she'd partaken of, there had been a distinct separation between sense and mind, at least for those creatures that had brains, as opposed to simple nerve complexes. These creatures were a kind of fusion of flesh and mind, to the point where she was able to tap into something of their thought process, if the term thought process could be applied at all. Here was the act of devoration translated into living flesh, a walking, breathing, bottomless appetite. Its every movement, every thought, every impulse revolved around the quenching of the inferno that blazed unabated within its alien guts. It was akin to looking into her own void, save that this one had teeth and rage and madness. Lynn began to feel the pull of the second slavering void, and she had to break contact. That was one void too many. Realizing the difficulty she could have managing the senses of the thing, she shifted to the forest's view of the monster to evaluate its external, objective characteristics. It looked exactly as embodied hunger should, a rhino-sized, loping abomination of corded muscles, a mouth like a bear trap, claws that could double for bone saws, and eyes that were little more than peepholes into a blast furnace. One of the things is just up that hill a bit, Lynn announced to the gathered Malsapiens, pointing to the tree line. I'm having trouble with it, so I'll need you to keep track of the thing. Keith, see where it goes. The conductor's eyes moved to where his leader indicated. I have it. A nasty fellow indeed. William quipped. Keith? Really? That's it? I had you pegged for uh, Montgomery, or maybe even a Maximilian. Sort of vanilla, ain't it? No more than William, I suspect. As for my initial impressions, I would have taken you for a Brutus. William made an expression of pleasant contemplation, nodding his head. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Sure, Brutus. The dead nod, who'd assumed his wraith-like form, gestured a skeletal finger to a distant structure almost entirely absorbed into the overflowing forest. Its front doors smashed in. I feel the owner of that abode might be host to an unexpected and altogether unwelcome dinner guest. We might do well to stop by and see if anyone could benefit from a toothpick or perhaps a napkin. Hazel threw the pale giant a condemning look. It's not funny, Cromwell. I saw what those things do to a person. It's beyond horrible. 
My apologies, dear Hazel. I meant only to inform the moment with a bit of darksome humor. After all, we are all monsters here. Speak for yourself, dead guy. William shot back. Ah, William. I realize that my comrades have come to a begrudging acceptance of you and yours, which is, of course, their prerogative. I, however, can barely tolerate you, and that is only due to my willingness to yield to our leader's better judgment. For if I were relieved of that limitation... Cromwell, come on. We don't have time for that shit. Let's just focus on getting through this, okay? The dead not said nothing, but only tilted his head, as if considering unheard words. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. By now, it was largely understood that the odd silences of both Eric and Cromwell were the result of inner conversations across the grave. Everyone fell silent as they drew upon the dilapidated house, now little more than an outgrowth of the woods. Keith cocked his head. There is indeed something in there, down in the basement. I can hear it, breathing. It's in there all right. Big sucker, too. Hazel added, her eyes focusing upon the past. Lynn stood at the bottom of the stone steps that wound upward to the doorway, shadows from windblown branches flitting across her pale skin as she pondered their next move. We shouldn't all be crammed into the same space, especially something as small as a cellar. We'll send four people, two downstairs and two waiting at the top. The rest of us will stay out here. Keith, I'll need you outside to keep an eye on things. William spoke up, his tone spiked with an attempt at authority. Why don't the uh, dead uh, big guy and the Martian wait at the top of the stairs while my people handle things below decks? Yeah? Sound like a plan to use, guys? All eyes went to Lynn, who only nodded to the question, shadows sliding across her face. Veronica, Artie, and William all knew each other before the machine. They were mobsters, a great line of work to be in following the darkness. 
but not so much so after supposed allies stage a violent coup. The new ruling family had Veronica shot down in a hail of bullets, which was how she always imagined her stint as a hitwoman would end, but that wasn't exactly how things shook out. Entering the house, her eyelids made a clicking sound as her vision switched into the infrared spectrum. She'd narrowed down the horror show of blood and wreckage the instant she passed through the broken threshold, eyeballing its most essential features. Being a sharpshooter had given her a razor focus, a knack for picking out targets. Everything else was just window dressing. The creature was clearly massive and incredibly strong. The ancient and spacious room was in shambles, large portions of its heavy wooden construction smashed into splinters. There was only blood to remark on the presence of the victim, which made sense given what she knew about the things. They consume their prey entirely and without prejudice, so as to properly submerge them beneath the fires of their everlasting hunger, the man on the phone had explained. After swiping her fingertip across a streak of blood, she further deduced the facts of the scene. The blood was cold, which suggested the kill was not recent. She wondered how long the monsters might have been within the city, that perhaps Gimmel hadn't been the first victim after all. The presence of flies and reek only compounded her assumption. She was somewhat familiar with the owner of the house, Elizabeth Silmore, the ballerina. She'd come on a few jobs, here and there, but didn't seem especially fond of the work. Veronica figured Beth's killer for a monstrous gazelle, as the dancer was as swift and nimble as they came. Artie was right beside her, until he wasn't, which was always how they played it whenever they entered a Mark's house together. He was the up-close guy, the knife coming at you from the shadows, even if his knife-wielding days were behind him. She made it to the bottom of the stone stairs in a jiffy, not so much as a peep. Her night vision made a two-tone shooting gallery of the darkened basement, which was much more sizable than she imagined, mirroring the dimensions of the first floor, but undivided by intervening walls. There were no traces of blood. Old boxes and a set of dusty furniture sat neatly stacked against a far wall. Elizabeth had likely already been consumed by the time the creature arrived. As for the thing itself, there was no sign. Moving further into the room, she discovered a wide portion of the floor swept clean of dust, likely where the creature had taken an after-dinner nap. It's moving across the ceiling behind you, my dear. It was the snooty Brit. His voice came to her as clearly as if she were wearing an earpiece. Veronica calmly turned around, glancing upward. There was Elizabeth or at least a monstrous perversion of her, hanging like a bat from the ceiling, eyes lit up like white Christmas bulbs. The dancer was originally quite thin and short, and while her overall shape hadn't changed considerably, her size had grown dramatically. She was at least eight feet tall, her body covered in tiny sprigs of black hair. Her musculature was also much more defined, and her hands and feet terminated in long, curving claws. Most unusual of all was the thin veil of translucent skin that hung down from her waist like a dress. 
It flowed across her as if windblown, rivulets of bluish veins crisscrossing its length. Opening its cave of a mouth, the Malsapien turned monster spoke. Veronica. It seemed to have a problem sneaking words around its massive, saber-like teeth. The former hitwoman wasn't about to wait for it to resolve its speech impediment. Spreading her fingers apart and thrusting them out in front of her, she loosed an ear-splitting storm of gunfire from the thin air surrounding her palms, as if a Tommy gun-toting firing squad had opened up on the monstrous woman. The creature cartwheeled across the ceiling, evading the thick stream of howling projectiles. Veronica's bullet squall was right on her heels, chewing to sawdust the spaces the monster left behind. The hit woman was unaccustomed to working with anyone besides Artie. It occurred to her that she should have mentioned her technique to the two passengers guarding the cellar door. Elizabeth leapt to the floor while falling debris and gun smoke complicated Veronica's view of the beast. Switching tactics, the gun maiden ceased fire, lowering her arms and closing her right hand into a tight fist, tempting her adversary to take advantage of the swirling confusion and lull in gunfire. As expected, the feral dancer exploded through the smoke and darkness, her claws speeding towards the hitwoman. Wanting the monster close, Veronica let the talons scrape and spark across her shoulder. The attack smarted despite her metal skin, but she figured her next move would give a lot better than she got. Replacing the machine gun fury of her previous assault, the hitwoman's knotted fist discharged an oversized blast of buckshot into the demonic dancer's guts. The thing's torso did little to muffle the bone-shaking thunder of the report. Splaying blood outlined the backwards trajectory of the beast as it flew from the Malsapien's smoking fist. The deafening shot should have clipped the thing in half, yet it was still kicking. And from the looks of the rapidly shrinking hole in its belly, it was already in the mend. Veronica didn't expect her attack to end the thing. Such was the life of a hunter of inhumans, after all. Yet the blow wasn't meant to be the showstopper, merely the setup. As the creature slipped beneath the shadows at the end of the room, it paused, discovering too late that it was not alone with the hitwoman. Artie appeared from the darkness behind it, the wicked spikes of his soul stingers pulsing and dripping venom from the backs of his fists. He sank them into the creature's back and lifted it from the floor, allowing the thing's weight to send his stingers deeper, their venom coursing to every corner of its body. The monster unleashed an ear-piercing wail as it thrashed maniacally, trying in vain to free itself. The gun maiden closed on her struggling opponent with remarkable speed hoping to fill its head with as much lead as possible. The transformed dancer's strength and speed were incredible, however, scrambling away from the hitwoman and reaching to its back, wrenching itself free of the Malsapien who held it aloft. Once on its feet, the beast spun with its massive claws outspread, its gown of flesh billowing gracefully as it twisted. Both wanderers flew backward from the assault, sparks and blood tracing their respective flights. Seeking escape, the beast crashed through the window and surrounding stonework, 
but the soul-dissolving venom was already at its deadly work. The monster slowed as it struggled to clear the backyard, and by the time Veronica and Artie cleared the ruin of the window, the grotesque dancer was reduced to a crawl. A grayish smoke curled from its eyes, nose, and mouth as its spirit bled out. Summoning its last reserves of strength, wincing with every breath, the monster spoke. A shotgun blast erased the monster's head. It's no longer Veronica, Liz. Call me Nika. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Maltopia podcast. To help us grow and spread the word, we'd love nothing more than for you to like, comment, rate, and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. You can also connect with us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and tweet us on Twitter for the latest original artwork and important updates. And for even more about our ever-growing literary world, head to Maltopia.com to read our dark fiction and gain access to giveaways and discounts with our newsletter. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today we'd like to introduce you to a great fantasy audio drama called Circe. The show is similar to Lord of the Rings, except that it focuses on an awesome gay sorceress on the planet of Elbion. Thyra is recording stories of her past to help regain her magical abilities. We learn of her life and how she came to be a member of the Circe. If you're a fan of gay stories and characters, Lord of the Rings and Xena the Warrior Princess, you'll love this show. Check out Circe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.